You were singing a song just there that was really good. I was, I was wondering if you could uh, let listeners hear a little something like this. It's popcorn boys. I'm a popcorn boy. I'm a popcorn boy tonight. And then you sing the... What do I say? You just sing the same thing again. Popcorn boys tonight. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, now the moment you've all been waiting for... Good morning, Vietnam! First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work. Okay. Can we talk about something other than Hollywood for a change? No, I don't go to the movies much. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. So what's your podcast about? Um, the movies. Hello. Hello. Um, uh, if you notice my singing was quite bad, it's because I'm on, I'm on, um... Kids tripping. I'm tripping balls. No, I had, I have a bad tooth. Um, my tooth has to get, uh, root canaled. Mm. Which is always a difficult thing to hear because it's basically like, you know, someone, you know, they basically just go, it's end of the road for you, Mr. Tooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing we can do. No more fillings, no more crowns. This tooth is D-E-D. We got to root out the nerve. (laughs) Are you quite nervous about it? No, no, I'm not. I don't get nervous about um, dentist stuff because I've got such bad teeth. Like my teeth are, I was saying, like, they're just like styrofoam. They're very bad. What? What kind of tooth? situations have you had going on before i've had uh well when i was in new york uh, because dentistry is quite expensive i had an nyu teenager uh take out one of my teeth Mm. um for 50 bucks which was cheap was that like a back alley operation or was (laughs) it well it was in nyu but it was like i feel like they could have done more to save the tooth but the guy in charge was like, eh, no, she needs experience taking the tooth out. We'll get her, we'll get her to take out the tooth. Okay. I was like, well, maybe a root canal. I don't mind, you know, maybe or a crown or something. He's like, eh, she doesn't really, she's only been doing this a couple of months. Let's oh, just give her the, let's just, uh, you know, the, the, the tooth pull, which is the same essential technology that they've been using for pulling teeth for the last like yeah. millennia. Well, we, like, we have anesthetic now, which they didn't back in the day. That's that's fair. But I mean, they, they what do they use? Whiskey and a stick in the mouth. Um, Wait, <laughs> now or back then? Back then. Put <laughs> <laughs> uh, them over the head. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't see because it was NYU and they, they didn't cover all that kind of anesthetic and stuff like that. So they actually had to do the club over the head. Mm. It was baseball bat over the head. Do you want me to one up you? Yeah. Guess how many teeth I've had removed in my life. How many? 12. Wait, what? <laughs> what do you, but you're smiling across. No, with a load uh, of it's a bit white. of a cheat. It's a bit of a cheat. I had four wisdom teeth mm. and then my baby teeth just never fell out. Like a lot of my baby teeth just, they just stayed in. I'm not going. No, <laughs> literally they were just clinging on. And then I had to get them all in a kind of a short period of time when I was like, like nine or 10, like way older than I should have been for still Jesus. having baby teeth. Uh, I had to get them all taken out. And then I remember there was... Um, just, was this like a period of time when you were just really gummy then? Yeah, no, literally. It was like I was an old man. I remember <laughs> going... Do you remember they had those things that were called like turkey Twizzlers? Yeah. Uh, do you the actually... sweets. The, the no, red Yeah, strip. made of turkey. No, they're, oh. they were like meat things. Oh, And no. they were like little spirals of meat. Yeah, I think I do remember those. Yeah. <laughs> I remember for, for my dinner, like t- t- trying to eat those one night and like literally just having very few teeth and just trying to going on just trying to like trying to like mash the turkey against the roof of my mouth to kind of make it swallowable but yeah i had to get them all all taken out and then when my my big teeth did come in it was like quasimodo times i'd say those little baby teeth though you could like the dentist could probably take them out with his hands like there was a bit of you could flick them and they'd fall out come on they was tough do you have dreams like 
Do you have dreams of teeth falling out a lot? Yeah, I think everyone does. Do I you? have that. That's when you're, you're nervous. I get a lot. I get a lot. But um, the thing about me is that I'm, like my teeth do fall out. So it's kind of mm. like it could actually be a real thing. Yeah. But anyway, that's I'm a bit wobbly today because they gave me uh, some pain meds that are quite strong, but really good. But, you know, for me, because I'm not in that much pain, but uh, my brain is not working at all. Mm-hmm. Killian's been doing a lot of like starting a sentence and then just kind of trailing <laughs> off into silence. So we'll see how this podcast, it's a bit of an yeah. experimental podcast. W- one thing, are you kind of happy in a way like yesterday? Like, did you feel a bit like, because we were supposed to record the podcast yesterday mm. and Killian had to text me and say, yeah, I can't record the podcast because I have a sore tooth. And yeah. I was like, ah, bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, no, I wasn't. Uh, I was in yesterday was so painful that really? I didn't I actually didn't care about me, me or, you at all. That's it was, that, it was that painful, which is a kind of a nice release when you. When your excuse is genuine, you don't actually, yeah, yeah. like, I was just like, I was in searing pain. I actually couldn't even move. I actually felt like getting sick and stuff. And so I, uh, I didn't care. And, um, I actually, I remember messaging you and going like, Hey, like, I can't do this. Sorry. And you were like, what about tomorrow? And I was just like, Oh no, I don't care. I'm, I'm yeah, really yeah, sore yeah. right now. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it is good when it's backed up by science and like scientifically, I couldn't show up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You and got they, the doctor's and, note. Like, and they, they gave me um, uh, antibiotics um, mm. and they are, I got, I went to the pharmacist, I got the antibiotics and the painkillers and I was walking down and I looked at the uh, little tub and it says insert rectally. Mm. Well, how has that been going for well, you? I haven't done it yet, but the, I mean, she did ask me, I feel like that's something that they should discuss with you beforehand or whatever. No one said anything to me. I don't. I don't really, I've never had those things, but yeah, uh, yeah you would expect them to let you know in she advance. Did, so, what, so what she said was, um, she said in the thing, are you cool with pills? And like, I was like, I thought she meant, I didn't realize what she was asking me was actually like, do you like butt stuff? Um, <laughs> like, are you into, are you into ass stuff? Yeah. Um, but well, anyway, she like said, do you like, are you okay with pills? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm all good with pills. Like I can take them. I thought she meant down the mouth. I didn't know what she meant. Up the, butt. up the butt what's the benefit of that it just goes straight into the colon well i mean it is a thing people do with uh other things like you know it's the fa- i think it's the fastest access point <laughs> <laughs> this is getting this is sort this is stuff. a movie this is the number one movie film and tv podcast in the country mm. oh it is yeah. well it was killian's a bit of a fake newser on this i'm kind of calling I'm him out a, a fake bit newser. but i listen Let's just go with your your side of the story. Okay, yeah. We want to thank everyone who listened to uh, Popcorn Boys over the last while because it was, for a brief moment, the number one film and TV podcast in the country. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is now forevermore. Um, Who were were the people who we pipped at the post? Do you know? Like the people we beat. We were were ahead of Kermode and Mayo, those chumps anyway. So that was good. Kermode and Mayo, fuck them. Who listens to that rubbish anyway? (laughs) Um, But I don't know. There was all these other BBC fucking things. Yeah, yeah. But what what, our new campaign is keep us at number one. Glanbia, fucking buy Irish, Falcha Ireland, buy local. 
if you're listening, if you like, if you've ever seen a movie, yeah, you got to go out there and tell your friends to support local. And I was really to disgusted podcast. to see that there were some British podcasts that were ahead of us in the Irish charts. I thought, you know, I really thought that was really dis. I mean, to think of what people did in 1916, they people died for Ireland in 1916, yeah, and then people a hundred years and so later, they're listening to, to British podcasts ahead of a good Irish podcast, good homegrown pod. Yeah, I thought it was really disrespectful to Patrick Pierce and. James Conley, all those people who died for Ireland. Mm. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just spread the message. Yeah. Listen to our podcast if you are a patriot. Yeah. If you're a patriot, listen to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, also, we would like some reviews. So if you just send us some reviews. I like it's so funny because this is like, uh, so yeah, for a bit of transparency, mm. we put Killian, <laughs> we changed the name of the podcast and we put Killian on uh, the photo. Mm. and. <laughs> Our level of engagement went up by 5,030%. And we suddenly genuinely shot to the number one uh, Mm. film review podcast in (laughs) Ireland. Um, And now we don't really know what to do uh, about it. Uh, We're like, I guess review... Could you review us? Yeah. Like it. What do people say? Like and subscribe. I think they like they like and subscribe and then they send us a review. And if we get a good review, we'll read it out on, on the show. If you send yeah, we'll a read funny it enough out. review, we'll read it out. Um, but it has to be well written and a good review. Yeah, um, only we'll positive out. reviews only. Oh yeah, of course. Like if anyone's thinking of listening to this and giving it a bad review, like obviously like put that in the bin. No one yeah, wants to yeah, hear yeah. from you. Stick also, that what's with your taste? Like you have really bad taste as well. Yeah. You sound like a bit of a shit person, to be honest. <laughs> um and take that review and do what Killian's going to do with his fucking antibiotics. So <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> anyway, on to the um, films that we've watched. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, an interesting array of movies, and I like it. Oh, we've got know? a great, we've great selection of films. I love it. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Uh, will, will, will we list through, we've never really done this before, but we list the movies that we're going to review because... We are secretive about it at the head of the show, but we also include it in the title of the show, so people know already. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so the, if, okay, stay locked, guys, because mm-hmm. today we're going to be reviewing Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Barbarian, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Decision to Leave. You're not going to want to miss a second of it. So <laughs> we're going to get started now with Black Panther. Killian, take it away. Well, can I before Black Panther? Can I just mention a film uh, called Lyra? Um, and it's a film about Lyra McKee who was the journalist uh, from Belfast who got shot, I think, back in 2018. Um, oh. And uh, she's a very, a very, very talented journalist. She was, I think, 29 years old, I think. Same age as I am now. Um, not you, you're... Uh, 30. Yeah, there you go. Um, and she was, a, like, a, obviously a huge uh, person. It was a really big watershed moment that happened. And... Um, Alison Miller, who's the well-known, really good documentary film director, uh, is, was actually close with the family and close with uh, Lyra's sister and stuff like that. And she had a lot of access and made a film about it. I went to see it, uh, I think it was last Sunday. And Mor- Morgana McIntyre, who's my roommate, actually did an interview with Lyra's sister and Alison Miller, the director of the film. Whoa. And they were talking afterwards. And uh, and it was just, it's just like, I mean, I haven't, like I cry when I cry at films, it's like usually like one moment hits me, like when mm. the dog dies or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's usually when it happens. But this film is just like a constant. It's just so real and so tragic what happened. And then like such a wonderful person and you're getting to know this person. But then obviously tragically person who was taken away. And then it's like obviously it's political. There's good moments of like, you know, 
Brad Kerr looking like a wanker and stuff like that. So, you know, you get all that we love to see stuff that, yeah. too. Uh, and she's very, very funny person. So it's, I don't know, it was just a very, very special film. Um, and it's in cinemas, I think it's it's in cinemas around Dublin at the moment. I think in Arklow and mm. Dundalk as well. But like, if you just look at, put it into your uh, Google or whatever, and write uh, L-Y-R-A, uh, you'll find it. And it's very well worth watching. It's a really special That's film. It's quite heavy. I mean, it's not. That's not a reason to avoid mm. it necessarily. But it sounds like you wouldn't. It's you wouldn't be buying popcorn now before that. Uh, well, I mean, I think the thing the thing that's interesting about it is like obviously that there is. Uh, it's dealing with a very difficult subject, but it's also dealing mm. with a person who was quite light and jovial and had a great humanitarian kind of passion for life. So she yeah. was doing a lot of like really interesting things and talking about very a lot of really interesting. Uh, issues contemporary issues mm. uh, that like you know we can relate to as you know she's of the same generation of us obviously has lived a different experience or mm -hmm. has lived and um but like she's very funny like she's like gas so, so like, and a lot of it is just her talking it's a lot of her words so you're kind of laughing a lot as well so it's like it's kind of like a nice kind of tribute thing or like a, a, mm. a, a memorial what's the word a memorial thing not memorial but you know what i mean like it's tonight it's a kind of a nice what they say maybe uplifting tributes yeah yeah i mean it's yeah yeah it, it does it all i mean i guess in the same way that a life is kind of like a span of many different things this film is like that as well mm. and um and then it also like doesn't pull punches politically which i think is cool and like a good uh you know tribute to someone who in their own right was like a truth-seeking storyteller this film also kind of does that as well so i think yeah. it's, it's a really good film yeah yeah um so very much recommend seeing it it's around the country at the moment Actually, just just segueing from that, I don't mm. know. Have you seen the ad for that new film starring Paul Mezcal and yeah. the little girl mm -hmm. uh, after Sun? You were just talking about um, crying during a movie. Yeah. And I watched the trailer for that and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer made me be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, What's the name of the co star? Um, I don't know. That film looks like something that would set me off so bad. It's exactly the kind of thing that uh, all they need is a is a a a small like uh, dog in it that dies. Yeah. Oh, it looks so. Apparently, it's a beautiful film, as people say. But is that, it out yet? When people say it's a beautiful film, that usually means it's the fucking saddest thing ever. Yeah. Like, it's like code for code for that. But yeah, I saw it, one of my friends texted me the other day and said actually said it was a beautiful film. It does look really beautiful, but something that did take it down in my estimation was there was a uh little pr kind of thing where it's paul mezcal mm. uh gives frankie corio uh his american co-star irish uh treats for the first time oh, and so Christ. he's giving her like uh he's giving her a bag of tato and he's giving her some like i don't know sh like some fig rolls or whatever that kind of stuff like they uh, <laughs> it's so like irish treats are just american treats like mm. when you see that shit like ireland ireland is the most american country in europe like mm. when you we have all the same stuff like yeah. basically and like that all those websites where it's like uh, like fig rolls they just call them fucking fig newtons over there they have the same things <laughs> or like cheese uh, to be fair they don't have cheese and onion but they have sicker stuff ranch is basically a kind of a fucking sick interpretation of cheese and onion anyway but, ranch uh, yeah ranch oh, is like the american yeah, yeah. cheese and onion yeah anyway sorry but no, that that took it down in my estimation because the film looked very artful and and everything, and I was like, well, they got to sell a picture, I guess. But it yeah, just yeah. looked real, like, well, I mean, what can I say? I do the most obscenely like in your face ads on my Instagram, so mm. I can't really. Talk. I think your ads are very tasteful, Killian. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, yeah. 
And this episode is brought to you by <laughs> Whelan's a, Life. Yeah, it's brought to you by uh, anal suppositories and <laughs> how to insert them. I was surprised you just, the way you inserted the anal suppository thing, you kind of just said it. It wasn't an anecdote or anything. You're kind of just like, I got a, I got anal suppositories. Yeah. Should I, have to, should I have said it in a... It's I'm, kind of something that you'd kind of make into a bit or something, but you kind of just dropped it in. Anyway, <laughs> so we're going to review Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And yeah. Killian's, Killian went to see that recently. And mm -hmm. uh, here we go. This is what he thought of it. Hey, so just went to see the Black Panther film, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, when I see it at a premiere, I know you weren't uh, invited. Another was I invited. And Michael Fry actually had a spare ticket and he messaged me last minute. And it was in the... Point Cinema, the Odeon and the Point, and let me tell you man, the premieres we get invited to, which are amazing and we would be very grateful to be invited to more of them, the premieres we get invited to are not as good as the premieres that he gets invited to. This was like, there was a DJ playing and there was like black curtains and people were dressed up in really cool costumes and stuff like that. We need to get invited to those um, premieres. Anyway, about the movie. <laughs> about the movie um black panther wakanda forever obviously the sequel to black panther uh, with chadwick boseman which was one of the biggest biggest grossing films of all time i think the only marvel film to be nominated for best picture a huge critical claim big cultural moment when that film happened i really liked it i was kind of excited to see this even though i'm not a big marvel fan it starts with the death of t'challa uh who is chadwick boseman's character and you have Shuri, who is his sister, played by Letitia Wright, I think her name is. And she's grieving and the mother is grieving and the whole of Wakanda is grieving for the Black Panther who's died. That kind of sets the, that's sort of the narrative of this film is dealing with the grief of the death of someone. And it's really a film about grief. And those opening moments, it's very clear that the, the line between, you know, Chadwick Boseman's death and you know, the fictional death of T'Challa is very linked and it's a really emotional way to start the film. And uh, I remember like watching, it, I was like, okay, this film has kind of got me. It's really, really emotionally strong at the start. But basically what happens then is this new tribe, there's an underwater tribe and they're basically fighting them. And the government thinks that all the bad things that the underwater tribe are doing are the Wakandans. So the governments are going after Wakanda and there's this kind of mix up and there's all these different narrative arcs. There's all this different stuff happening. Well, that, that basically indicates the problem that I had with the film. It was that it was way too long. It was way too convoluted. So many different narratives just being thrown out there. Loads of different characters, loads of different scenes and sequences and just everything. It was just too much stuff. And it was the same way that happens with all things when there's too much stuff you just stop caring and the film really began to drag it was way 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 too long could have lost at least an hour there's like a whole narrative with the cia and julia louise dreyfus and, and martin freeman that just could have been cut there was no point there was no reason to have it in the film at all and so the film overall like had maybe a, a nice narrative arc about grief and dealing with the death of someone close to you and stuff like that but overall it was just so long convoluted and just could have left half the film on the floor really like by the end of it i was like this film is a bit of a stinker um but to be fair to it it did make me cry and to be fair to it you know at some points it's like literally all like black women in the leading roles which is very very cool so i mean like it, it it's cool to see uh like a real anti-imperialist message in the film and it's like i guess like there's some elements of it that are good but Overall, I was like, this just needs to end, please. Uh, long, long one. Long film, long review. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a big fucking mess piece of shit. 
Yeah, I thought, I think, I think um, what you're listening to there is more the brain of a man whose brain is not fully at uh, operating level. Mm. Uh, but also the film itself was, I thought, quite bad. And I went to see what the reviews were uh, because I was interested because I really thought that was quite bad. I watched it with Michael uh, and he was also like, he's a big Marvel guy. And he said... I was, it was really shit. Like that film was not good. Mm. It went on way too long. All the same complaints that I had, and uh, and I saw and I went online to see it, and it's got like ninety five on Rotten Tomatoes. Ah, fucking, and I'm like, what's going on? Ah. Um, so I asked our listeners what they thought. Uh, mm -hmm. Shelley Hike says. Uh, so I said, what did you think of Black Panther? Shelley Hike says, nope. Chadwick made the movie. I tend to agree. I think he was really good central character, but actually, the central characters, the main cast, were actually really good in this. Mm. It was more the story that was the problem. And then Niall, Niall Fjord says, main cast was great, antagonists, super dumb fish people. Why was, I should have just said that. Yeah, I, yeah. I should have just said, yeah, so there's these super dumb fish people. Um, so, I mean, they, our listeners seem to think it was a there's, hunk of junk. There's been a few films that have like experimented in the realm of fish people and mm. I don't care for it. Well, you're you're in luck because Avatar 2 is coming out soon. Oh, they, oh fuck me. It's all fish people. Avatars, well, they're not fish people. They're just no. But the the, the Avatar two is about uh, the ones who live. With That's the funny. Water. Do you know what? When you were describing this movie, I was like, maybe I've seen the trailer for this, but that was Avatar. I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. So it's because they're both equally like CGI fucking world, are they? Yeah. Because I I remember watching trailer because I Black Panther one. I remember seeing like hearing people say, oh, it's a Marvel film, but it's actually pretty good. It and is, you know, yeah. and the soundtrack was cool and. And uh, I was like, fuck, I should watch it. And I remember watching the trailer and being like, this just looks like a big CGI fucking mm. mess. I hate that no, shit. No, no, it was, it, was, it was... Black Panther was one of the better films, actually. I quite liked it. Um, the reason I liked it is just because it's not full of references. Uh, like most mm. Marvel films are just, I don't know, it's like an hour and a half of just, here's the guy from the film before. Oh my God, isn't that class? Or here's yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. from five films before that you thought was dead, but actually here's some weird plot thing to yeah, show that yeah, he's yeah. not dead. Or we've just got a multiverse version of him so he can yeah, never yeah. die because there's always options um whereas this film doesn't have any of it it's kind of like i mean maybe there is but it goes over my head like very little of it uh i thought black panther was good for that and this was also good for that but it was just it was just not come here not you, you said again i've never seen any of these films but i assume they take place in a completely al alternate universe altogether and then you said this the the, the cia was in it so is it, is, it, is it taking place in like the real kind of... It's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So like they're there doing all the stuff they're doing and like meanwhile Spider-Man's also fucking slinging around New York City. Yeah. All in the same time. All in the same time. That's the whole concept. Yeah. Jesus. That's why they're always bumping into each other in all these movies. But like is... is I Again, I haven't seen this film, but is, it not, is there not all crazy shit, like big uh, crazy shit in this movie? I'd say, I'd say like the... I'd say there'd be so many more podcasts in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because so much shit is happening all the time. Like you mm. would, you would, you would have to like the news cycle would be insane. It would be a crazy news cycle because oh right, you, oh you're so saying much within, shit is happening yeah, constantly. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. people are saving the world every three weeks, mm, maybe mm. even every week. So people's houses are just getting trashed constantly by superheroes and supervillains and stuff like that. I, I'm not gonna. I don't care for this movie yeah it doesn't look good no i wouldn't go watch it uh, I won't. unless you had like a, a relationship with the film and it meant a lot to you guys i think it was a real cultural moment when black panther did really well mm, i think it was mm. a big deal and it meant a lot to a lot of people and i think it, i think it is if you have a relationship with chadwick boseman they do do that quite well um mm. i was like that was kind of classy but the rest of it i 
you know, what is it? You could take it or leave it. Is that a, is it, yeah. Is that a phrase? You yeah, it's, it's definitely a phrase. Uh, you can take say. it or leave it, you know. Um, but anyway, going from a film that starts with B to another film that starts with B, uh, mm. Barbarian. <laughs> Mark yeah. went to see Barbarian. Or what did you want to talk about about it first? I went to see Barbarian. Um, I think I do a little intro of what it is at the start of the review. So rather than double up on that, I'm just going to let it roll. So, hello. I just watched Barbarian, a new film by someone i don't know like some youtuber or some guy who's like a comedian or something i think maybe you told me to watch it it was all over letterbox i was like let's give this a go it seems to be hyped up um i thought it was fucking pretty good uh i really liked it very fun to watch not like you know it's not gonna win best picture or anything but it was real good the premise it sets up like you kind of like ah, i know where this is going where at the start like it's like a guy a girl goes to an airbnb in the middle of seemingly like in the middle of the night in, in, in Detroit, like in real kind of rundown area of Detroit. And when she gets there, she, uh, there's already a guy staying there and he's like, what the hell? She's like, Oh, I booked this place on Airbnb. And then he's like, Oh, so did I, or he booked it on some other website. And then they're like, what the fuck? And they try and call the, um, person who owns it, but they won't answer. And it's the middle of the night and it's lashing rain. So then the guy is like, listen, you can stay here if you want instead uh not instead but you know what i mean um and she's like grant so then she stays over and then you're like hmm where is this gonna go you know because the guy's kind of he's kind of weird he's just awkward but he's kind of a weirdo um but yeah i don't know so that's kind of the setup to it um and the way the story went was not what i expected i kind of assumed the guy would just be a sicko and he'd do some sick shit but well maybe he does (laughs) um who knows? But uh, no, the story is way beyond anything basic like that. It's a fucking crazy story. A few things I would say that are kind of annoying about it. There were a couple of times where, and I know this, you kind of have to suspend these kind of thoughts with horror films, but like, there were a couple of times where I was like, why didn't, uh, why didn't she just do this? Why didn't she just blah blah blah? Why didn't she just? You know what I mean? Like, when, when the Airbnb thing fucks up, like just contact Airbnb customer service. They're ve- it's very good customer service. I've used it. They sort you out right away. Um, why didn't she do that? Like she tried to call the owner of the apartment once and then she was like, ah, oh, I'm stuck here. And like, you, it's 2022. You, you can go stay somewhere else. And then she stays there a second night. And like the next morning, the first fucking thing you do is contact Airbnb customer service and sort it out or go find a hotel or something but she's just like kind of like well i guess i'm i'm here now so i may as well just keep sleeping in the house with this random stranger and like you totally wouldn't do that and then even beyond that kind of logistical setup frustration there there's also just a few times where like people go running into rooms or do lots of stuff where you're like like you definitely wouldn't wouldn't do that <laughs> in reality um yeah uh, there's a lot of like they, they, there's a lot of times where they're like trapped and i think they're supposed to make out that like detroit is uh like you you oh you can't like leaving the house isn't even an option because it's basically like fucking dawn of the dead out there in detroit but it's like she did drive to the apartment in the first place so surely she can drive away from the apartment it's like just go the same way but it, it reverse you know uh anyway i'm fucking nitpicking here it was a fun film funny bits 
some of the gross and like scary bits were like I was like fuck like because I had no idea what it was about just go in have no idea what it was about and some of the stuff and it really scared me I was like Jesus and there's some stuff where I was like that's proper nasty and uh like not in a gruesome gory way but in a like oh that's really fucking freaky it freaks me out um so yeah good one fair play to whoever the dude is that made us good job good job to everyone yeah well, there you go <laughs> you uh talked about a film that you seem to really really like and spent the majority of the time talking about the issues you had with it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real uh yeah i really kind of went in on that one uh um, can, I, can i say just like just from something that i understand or i think about horror is one of the the big things in it is the character is not doing the thing that you want is a tech it's a tactical thing to make you frust- more frustrated and it's meant to emit an, a response from you okay so what i would say there is i would like i think it's cool sometimes horror films can set up in a way where you as the viewer know they're making a bad decision but you could understand how they might not know mm. you know i'm trying to think of an example here mm. but i don't know uh, of an example let's I don't know why The Shining swims ahead I guess you spoke about that but like I don't know you know in The Shining like you as the viewer know how crazy Jack's going more yeah. so than his wife does and you're yeah. kind of like oh shit she's he's fucking crazy and she doesn't yeah. know that's bad Where, but whereas in this like I think kind of some films that aren't as you know skilled and good mm. um, well written just yeah. make people blatantly do stuff that they are no sane right you know sane person would mm would ever do in reality yeah. and they just do it and you're like no don't do it and sometimes you're like oh they don't want to do that mm. when it's done in a believable way but other yeah. times you're just like what why would you go in there but they, they yeah but i mean i think the going into that room is i think they they i mean i think it's intentional whether yeah. whether you like it or not i think they intentionally leave of course, these yeah. kind of th- they're like you know like this thing like don't go like into the like in Evil Dead, like the the cottage is obviously like this fucking terrifying place. Yeah, yeah. And like it's given bad vibes. And if I was there, I wouldn't go in. But they go in, and that makes me super anxious, and it makes me super nervous. And that's like kind of setting up the emotion but, for the like. Did her not doing that kind of frustrate you, make you angry, or did it make you a bit more like, oh, was she there? At, at times you're like, ooh, you know, like I think there's just ways to write it that are good and ways mm. to write it that aren't good. Okay. And if someone just does st- certain things where you're like, mm. you're like, that's just the like the writing just isn't that good. You yeah. Know? I, and again, I, I like I like this movie. Mm. Like I really liked it. I thought it was really fun to watch. Mm. I'm kind of more talking on a more general mm. level now, but like. I think, yeah, sometimes when people in horror films, there's, yeah, there's a way to set it up. And I, as I said, there's a way that you as the viewer know they're doing something that's potentially yeah. dangerous for them, but maybe they don't in the mm. film. Where when it's just a universal bad decision, it's kind of annoying to okay. watch. Yeah, and yeah, as yeah. I said, like, yeah, the whole thing of her getting trapped in the house, like, I, th- I thought they could have done a bit better. Can I commend you, by the way, on your expert? Like, you, I think you almost gave away uh, a bit of a spoiler <laughs> there, but you expertly. Thank uh, you so yeah, much. That was very, very, very deftly done. Thank you. Uh, and another thing I just wanted to ask, like, what is. Like, tell me more about Airbnb customer services because they sound like you are a real fan. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when? What do you you know? Uh, I know what you're talking about, <laughs> but I mean, it, it was very cool this what they did. This podcast is brought to you by Airbnb. <laughs> um, no, I moved to France and then I moved into an apartment and the apartment was a shithole mm. and I rented it off Airbnb and it was really bad. And then one day we went out and came back and I think the door swelled up and we couldn't get in the door anymore. Mm. And then. Um, it was really bad and then the person on the phone 
was wouldn't come and help us and she made us do all this stuff and then is this story really no popular? it's good it's a good story because oh, the end fuck. is cool and then uh wait what even is the end basically the end, they gave you I an entirely fucked. new they gave us a new apartment and they gave us a big discount on a, a new massive apartment. discount it was the coolest apartment ever it was like mm. it was like in this beautiful area at this yeah my landlord was a dj and one night he was doing a boiler yeah. room and he invited us to his boiler room and i was yeah. like my landlord's a fucking dj yeah his landlord was a <laughs> dj it was like the the ceiling so you had like the the rounding of the ceiling. Yeah, that was like sick. That. Yeah, and, so basically, uh, I got fucked yeah. over by someone at Airbnb, and to compensate for it, they relatively swiftly got me a new apartment, <laughs> and the apartment was delish. Um, so maybe that's what this dummy should have done in this film. That's I just like that you kept going. <laughs> I mean, she just called Airbnb customer service, which, do. by the way, is incredible. That's what and, you, you know, do. Fair dues, this, the, this, you know, this company that we all agree we are, you know, maybe aren't the best, but uh, their customer service, my God, man, they are. They're good guys. Well, that, here, let me tell you though, actually, there's an, there is a juicy part to this story. So we came home mm. and then the key wouldn't work and we'd just been to Ikea to buy a load of shit for the apartment because we were mm. planning on living there for four months and there's just nothing in it. We had to buy like a bin and stuff. We were fucking chumps playing yeah. ourselves, buying all that stuff. Anyway, uh, we bought all that stuff, came back, key wouldn't work, lady wouldn't come and meet us and then eventually she told us to just call Annie Locksmith. She was like, just call Annie 24-hour locksmith and I'll pay for it. So I was like, fine, I will. And then I called one, just the first one, mm. and uh, they came and they fixed the lock. And then they're like, that's going to be two grand. What? And I was like, I don't have two grand. And then they were like, what? So then I called the landlady and I was like, yeah, the, 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 the locksmith's here, but it's two grand. And she was like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> but then she was a sicko, man. And she tried to, she tried to fucking, f she was like, you're threatening me. You're threatening me. And I was like, no, I'm not. What? No, I'm no. not. Because I was, had her on loudspeaker with Emir. And I was like, no, I'm not. And then she was like, oh, I, I, I'm I, going to have to, I'm going to have to talk to someone. She's like, I'm actually a lawyer from what you've done. And I was like, I've done anything. Oh I've just gosh. been fucked over. Jesus. And then uh, I was like, all right, I'm not talking to you anymore. And then she actually did a really funny thing um, <laughs> where I had messaged her a bunch of times mm. um, asking her if she'd meet up with me to so I could give the key back. Mm. And she obviously just didn't know how technology worked. So she sent a message to airbnb but she accidentally sent it in a channel so, so i tried to meet up with her to get the key yeah. and she ignored me mm. and then she sent a message to airbnb in a group chat that i was also in and yeah. i think she realized saying um i need to report mark i have attempted to meet him multiple times to get the key back off him and he will not respond and then i responded to her in this chain being like hello i'm also in this chat and she's like oh hello and i was like i would be happy to meet you anytime and she was like oh yes please meet me today <laughs> anyway airbnb sorted me out okay and that was it so once again you know if you have issues with Airbnb, their customer service in their paris Listen, department is actually quite good and you know what the, the stuff they do for cities is honestly brilliant <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know why but, not uh, so this movie what's the, the bad thing about movies is uh, the bad thing about cities is that the uh, people who are from there live there yeah i think it's better if you create an environment where the people who are from the city don't live in the city anymore so it's just a place that imagine a world of just digital nomads <laughs> where no one lives anywhere and people just visit different yeah. cities and yeah and we all just live in boxes in the countryside um, no you don't live anywhere man oh, you just work from home and you go city to city to city and you go out and one night you might be in new orleans drinking a fucking margarita down on fucking but what's that fucking boulevard Boul uh, street bourbon, <laughs> bourbon bourbon street and then the next <laughs> night you're fucking at a, doing a hackathon and you're in fucking <laughs> mumbai and no one lives anywhere and you're just living the airbnb dream 
that sounds that sounds awful. That sounds really, <laughs> really, really bad. I think uh yeah, but this movie was good. I like I like it a lot. Okay. I nitpicked aloud. Don't listen to me. It was good. Okay. It was really fun to watch. It was a horror film, but it was mm. s- different. It had some interesting stuff in it. Was it was stiff. It's different. It was different and okay. it was it was good. So yeah, there we go. All right. Well, well moving from a horror film to the horrors of World War One. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a, but uh, anyway, I went. Uh, I, I, I watched um, All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, um, and uh, it's it's a film on Netflix. I watched it at home, uh, and yeah, this is <laughs> that was that was very funny. I like that. Uh, it's uh, I watched it at home. Uh, uh, it's it's a a German film about World War One. Ach so, and. Low skits is what I thought. Hey, just watched All Quiet on the Western Front, the new German war film uh, based on the novel of the same name that I think came out in 1929 and was banned by Hitler because it's kind of an anti-propaganda book that shows the experience of soldiers in a really bad light and stuff like that. And this film, which stars um, Daniel Brühl, I think it's a legal requirement that Daniel Brühl stars in every single German film, um, basically does the story of a group of young lads in uh, 1917, who were really taken in by the propaganda of the, you know, the army recruiting guy saying, you need to fight for your country and have honor for Kaiser, for fatherland, for Germany, all that kind of stuff. And they're really taken in by it. And then, of course, they go to war and find out it's the worst fucking thing ever. And, uh, and they, you know, it, it, they are like they, they're in the trenches and getting their fucking legs blown off and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and it's an epic film. It's like huge scale. It's got uh, huge sets, incredible cinematography. It's got um, like massive uh, long sequences where you're running along. All this stuff uh, that you have seen before in 1917 and you've seen before in the previous film, All Quiet on the Western Front from 1979. You've seen this stuff before and and you have the, the asshole, uh, you know, fat pigs as they call them the the generals in charge who are just sending children off to fight in the trenches and die in the trenches for absolutely nothing you know they they have it at the end of the film like they met at a certain place in flanders and they fought for four years and you know two million people died in this place and the you know the the trenches only moved a hundred or so meters over the whole time so it's all about this life waste all this this pointless frivolity of war while uh, wealthy people who are eating very nice continental breakfasts are actually deciding when to you know when to end the war and stuff like that and it has that whole that whole story of world war one and you know it's done very well and it's really good and the acting's great and the cinematography is brilliant and like the, it's gruesome and it's hard to watch and it's everything but i don't know why i think maybe it's just because i've been presented this war so much and i feel it's i'm probably bad for saying it but i just found myself going yeah and you know obviously these are children getting sent to war and they're dying but i was kind of like yeah i know I, I know about that i've read that book i've seen that movie i don't care i mean which is awful to say but i found myself going like yeah i know i know this i know that they were kids they were sent to war the people in charge were assholes but i've seen it so many times the only things that I'd say were different were that it was incredibly gruesome. Like it was his face and like 
the way they die, all that kind of stuff. Really, really horrible, real sick stuff. And then also the fact that it's from a German perspective. You usually see these war movies from a British or American or French perspective. It was nice to see it from a German perspective as well. Um, but overall, I'd say like great movie, great watch, good for the cinema. But the central messaging of it, you're kind of like two and a half hours. And you're kind of like, I've seen this movie before several times. And this is maybe one of the better ones. But I don't I don't I don't really care about young people dying 100 years ago. Sorry. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. That was... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was a bit of a spicy statement in, there at the end. In poppy season. <laughs> oh, I don't actually understand what that means. Poppy season. Poppy season is where we wear uh, flowers to remember the dead. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not critic. Obviously, like the people who gave up their lives or whatever, and that was a tragedy, and it was a massive tragedy, and I obviously care about that. But I do maybe have uh, an issue with the kind of rehashing of this uh, story. In mm. what is usually to like you know make money or whatever you know like I kind of yeah. see it again and again and this this it's like a commodification of, of yeah and 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 it's it's not I'm not saying it's pornographic or anything like that but it, it is done I think tastefully but it's just I have seen I have seen this I mean it was 1917 and then it was you know the, I feel like, the, when was that that film didn't even come out that long ago did it 1917 no but and but it's like I mean these kind of war films always it, it was like I I mean it, I think it was like three years ago or something maybe four oh, yeah. and it was um it was huge it was it was or maybe two it wasn't that long ago but it, it, it's the same message it's the same idea it's it's uh i think more tastefully done than 1917 i think mm. the, the 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 that suffered from a little bit of uh like goodies and baddies you know the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the concept of goodies and baddies uh rather than this i think more accurately is like the guys in charge are wankers and the people yeah, who yeah. are they're just you know the kids. war pigs and the, and actually the thing i didn't mention in this was actually most of the time they look like adults they look like adults going to war because they have mm. adults uh in it and uh whereas this they actually looked like kids they looked like 17 year olds well that's what they were um, wasn't it yeah and what was so so another thing was just i saw that film uh peter jackson's film did you see that the one where he like restored the footage yeah yeah i think i i reviewed it on this um yeah peter jackson's documentary on uh world war one this film what was it called the, the, they shall not grow old yeah that film i watched that and that emotionally hit me so hard because it actually showed the the, the the kind of the things that they were talking about and actually they were joking a lot and actually they obviously there was misery there and there was horror but there was also humanity and people were kind of having a laugh but, as well and stuff and i thought it, it was really that film like really does it for me whereas this one well did, i think for missing something for people who don't know they shall not grow old is also made entirely of actual restored footage from mm. world war one yeah whereas this is all acting yeah so i guess that's also would add to the impactful nature yeah. of it too mm. um but i think yeah i think in they shall not grow old which i found really fucked up was sometimes like they'd encounter people from the other camp or the other side mm. and they'd actually like kind of get on well and yeah. stuff like they they had actually no reason no to be fighting each, each other, other at all yeah yeah it's interesting when you when you were doing that review at the start when you were describing it before you kind of started talking about how you don't care about the deaths of young people um <laughs> i mean i I don't know. I don't know if my <laughs> message came across correctly. No, or, I know. I understand. I think I'm I, taking the yeah. piss. But uh, the I was like, you were describing the movie, and I was like, man, what? Why did they make this film? Like, yeah. Like, what? Do you think? Do you think we're like that's a, we can officially say like 
don't make any more World War One or Two films. No, because uh, no, but, but like this is our recommendation to Hollywood. No, but would well, you make maybe, that recommendation? Maybe there's a place for this because I mean I've lived in America and I know mm. the way they talk about. I've seen the ads uh, for joining the army in the UK, and yeah, yeah. they're not that dissimilar to what the the guys are saying in in the at the start of this film. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. they are always recruiting, uh, you know, young people to you know put on a suit and go somewhere and point a gun at someone it's like a thing that they do so still. you think it acts as like an important reminder to people oh join the army is actually kind of bad yeah maybe that's an interesting yeah. perspective that i hadn't considered and i think um, that's good well then should they not make movies about even more recent wars and be like it's still bad because i yeah. think it, it's possible yeah. to like look back when you think about i would be more interested in that especially actually. areas that are like like did you ever see photos of you're so used to seeing like World War One, World War Two footage in black and white that it literally just seems like a different universe. Mm. And then if you see like a very well colored photo that kind of looks modern, you're like, wait, everything was like grass yeah. was green and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. It was just like now. It's kind of freaky when you mm. see that stuff. You're like, oh, everything was just like now, but back then. Yeah, that's why they shall not go old was so impactful. Yeah. They, that he he did that thing where they use this incredible technology that basically old film, you know, the way it looks like they're moving fast all the time. Yeah. They, uh, that's because of the frames. They only have a certain amount of frames, so it plays much faster. And what they got was this incredible technology that created frames in between. It's so like an AI thing. It was yeah. an AI thing that was able to predict what the frames looked like. So, so when you watch it, it's old footage, but they're moving like regular film that we're used to so it really mm. just humanizes them and it's like incredible so um and just to reiterate obviously i, I that shows how much i love that movie shows i do care about young people dying obviously <laughs> i just said the film made me feel like that yeah which yeah, i yeah. thought was the film made me not empathize with the theme that much understood okay clear that's <laughs> my, my bad person maybe i'm a bad person would you say right yeah someone's someone's to say all wars fought in future will either be fought in the modern style or a trench style which would you say you would go for a mo modern style really trench style is so so bad modern style is bad too though modern style is, is terrible but but the but there's uh, no civilian casualties in the old style is there well the, okay but world war one was was uh the first war where there were civilian casualties if we're going back like Napoleon, back to like Napoleon Napoleonic style. Wars. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You'd go Napoleon style. Yeah, there's even these interesting cultures where they where they do uh, war, where they get their two armies, okay, and they kind of just uh, uh, act out a war. And they kind of like... They just like LARP. Yeah, they kind of LARP, really. It's sort of like that. And, it, and it, they do it. I don't know where they do it. I saw a video of it on YouTube once. But it's how they do it. And like one side gets a bit more intimidated and they lose and they fuck off and no one actually dies. It's interesting how, like, if you think about the fact that, uh, not to get all fucking philosophical on it, mm. but, uh, like, you know, this World War II style, or like, modern warfare, you can understand why one country would um, surrender, because they're like, mm. our country's getting proper wrecked here. Yeah. Whereas that didn't really happen before, so the concept of, like, surrendering seems so different, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but like, I think it was before nation-state existed as a concept as well, so I think it's like that, that idea of, it all was happening around then, like the the. Wait, so, like, okay, let's, so Napoleon's going to invade Egypt. Hmm. What's he doing when he gets over there? Uh, is he like, boys, let's go to out to a field and fight it out, or is like, what's yeah, he doing? We'll meet you at three o'clock on that hill, 
uh, bring a gun because we're going to be shooting. Um, it's something like that, or it's like it's like I don't really know. I think I it's kind of like being challenged to a duel, like you have to accept kind of thing. Yeah, I get no. I guess like if you don't accept, that army's just going to come into the town and lay oh, siege, yes. and like and like and, like and then you don't want to have a, an army outside your town, so you want to meet them somewhere. And then it's like, where do we meet them? And it's like, what about uh, that place we went last summer that was really nice? Um, they have a really nice cafe there. Let's yeah. go. Let's meet there. And just like, yeah, go completely yeah. destroy it. I, mean, yeah. I don't really understand how it all works. I don't works. understand war very well. But like, I can like modern war is m more easy to understand how how it works. Some lads drive in and just start wrecking the place, and then maybe or maybe not, people will fight back or surrender eventually. Mm. World War Two kind of was started all that, didn't it? Well, yeah, it was like civilian because they're bombing cities and killing people. I think I don't really know. I don't feel like I mean, I know <laughs> you're the war authority. We're here. two like guys with a podcast. We obviously talk about yeah. things that we know nothing about. But this is truly something I feel like I have. N I have no yeah. expert knowledge on <laughs> and I, I cannot offer any kind of. I kind of like asking you about it, though. Yeah. You're kind of good at offering off the cuff <laughs> kind of opinions on it. Well, yeah, I, I actually World War One was the one where there was a lot of civilian ca casualties. I think it was the first one where they were in the trenches. Where were the civilians? Why were they near the trenches? There was a lot. There was a lot of civilian uh, civilian casualties in, in the war. There was a lot of bombings and stuff like that. Oh, um, and and then uh, and then like people were getting trained up like you know in in Germany like they were they weren't even getting properly trained up because they were losing and the war and they just it was just like these like kings kings and kaisers and they were just throwing bodies at it and, and they didn't I, care. I guess like if you have a draft, the kind of army casualties are also kind of civilian casualties too, aren't they? they? Are. Yeah, that's, like that's the, that's the, the whole difference, idea. The difference yeah. between the two is very minimal yeah. when you're just drafting people. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, you're listening to Cannonball Boys, and <laughs> now we're going to move on to our next, what war are we discussing next? <laughs> Vietnam. Um, I recently read uh, up on the Vietnam War, and this is what I thought of it. We, we, we know so little about war. I think we've done a terrible job. I um, think we I think The only war I know about is the War of the Buttons. It's just nice to explore these thoughts aloud and um, record it and then release it to the public. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's the what's this next film we're going to be talking about? Decision to Leave. Very good. Uh, this is made by? Uh, Park Chan-wook. Who made um, oh, old, boy. old Boy, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Which anticipated? Let it roll. So I just watched Decision to Leave, the most recent film from Park Chan-wook, the Korean director who made Old Boy, uh, which is a film I like very much. And one of those directors that I thought, I was like, oh, it's this new film by him. Like, he's great. I've seen loads of his movies. And I actually just looked it up right now. I've literally only seen Old Boy and I haven't seen a single other one. But um, anyway, I went in with pretty high expectations. And it was like, it was pretty interesting. It was like a kind of a Korean thrillery drama thing. Um, and it had an, like a kind of an interesting story. It was quite long. Um, and there was lots of twists and turns. I think Old Boy, if you've seen that, you know, like that has lots of lots of lots of <laughs> twists and turns in it. And this is similar, but I think some of the twists and turns just weren't quite as interesting. And also, you know, like parts of it were nearly like a Who Done It kind of thing. Um, but I guess a kind of an artsy Who Done It movie. And I think when you artsy it up too much, I think the problem with a lot of those films is like. Once you make it convoluted or complex enough, you're kind of like, don't care anymore. Like, after a while, I was like, I don't even really care who, who done it anymore because there's been so many 
twists and turns going on here. Um, and the kind of main relationship, I guess, was good. Like, it was interesting. It's kind of like a, a bit of cop who falls in love with a murder suspect. Um, but yeah, it was like, I don't know, two, two and a half hours long, Emer. Yeah, it was about two and a half hours long. I went to see what Emer was here beside me. And, and uh, yeah, by the end of the two and a half hours, I was just like, ah. It did look very nice. Um, really, really nicely shot. Like, cool music, cool, like, sound effects and stuff. But, yeah. 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 Disappointing. Okay. I, I went in, I was like, I'm going to love this. Mm. I think I've basically every Korean movie I've ever watched has I've really liked. Mm. Apart from Burning as well. I didn't like that either. Mm. But I think they just nail that kind of crime drama thing. Yeah. And the kind of weird cop story thing. I think they're so good at do, uh, plot. Really good plot. But yeah, then yeah, also yeah. drama. They're and, just really yeah, good at it. It's good. Um, and this was like, it wasn't bad. Like I didn't, I, was, I didn't hate it, but definitely. Yeah. My interest in the story over time went and it was nearly like without want to give anything away it was kind of like there was kind of two central plots but both of which proved the same point okay about the same person mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the second one like we just didn't need to have okay it's kind of like two different scenarios and both of them yeah th- as i said both of them are, are kind of just to show the same thing and I'm like we could have just had the first one and then it would have been fine it, the second one didn't have anything and it, and i it did. It looked great. Like, yeah. One thing I noticed, there was one bit, there was a lot of shots that were done from like a bird's eye view looking straight down. Oh, like I looking down onto shots. like the crown of someone's head, but from really high. And there'd be people in like these big open spaces, like looking around, like people looking for each other, people yeah. around. And it just looked so cool. And I like, really like those shots. There was just loads of, yeah, really nice, well, like nice cinematography and stuff. Mm. But yeah, the plus just. I don't know. I think a film has to do a lot for it to justify two and a half hours. Once you go over two hours, you really like, it's like they say um, when you go to bed, uh, like every hour before 11 o'clock is worth like three hours. Mm. And I feel like, uh, I feel like when you, when, when you go over two hours, 10 minutes, maybe in a movie, every like minute should be like worth three minutes or something like that. Like you really got to justify it because you're just sitting there for so fucking long yeah, and, yeah. and, uh, and you can just lose interest. I'm obviously like, you, I love short films. I just love when a film is an hour and a half. It's my favorite mm. thing. That being said, my favorite film is probably Lord of the Rings, but you know, like the, yeah, that I feel like justifies its length, but I think obviously it's a big thing these days. Films are just too long. I've gotten more but, into watching longer movies recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe like it was a COVID thing or something, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't. I just didn't didn't do it. Yeah. And it kind of always felt like I was kind of there was always a bit of mystery there's uh, throughout that you're like what's going on? You know, what is the real situation mm. here? And I was I was kind of optimistic throughout because I often find in in like old boy for example mm. the way thing there's a lot of kind of mystery throughout in that and the way things go in the end you're like whoa, crazy. Yeah. Mm. You know, this film's nuts. Um and then it just never really got me like that. When you found out who done it, were you kind of like, oh, okay. Or were you like, whoa. It kind of went on for so long that when it did reveal in the end, I was like, oh, okay. So he did it or yeah. she did it. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it's not even, it's not even really like that. It's too complicated, but mm. it's good. And the whole idea, like, it's an interesting idea that like a man is 
there's a murder suspect, someone who murdered her husband mm. and he's interviewing her and then he actually kind of like mm. becomes kind of fascinated by her and then they like, is are they going to have an affair? Okay. Maybe, I don't know. That's kind of an interesting thing. Is it dynamic. fast paced or is it slow? I'm kind of, it's, it's, it's just normal. Oh, it's just oh, normal. a lot going on. It's just kind of normal paced. Okay. And Actually, no, at the start, it's an action film, right? He kind of does some weird stuff. At the start, it was kind of cutting between scenes for a while so fast that I was like, what the hell is going on? Okay. But then it, it kind of changes. It was like, there's some cool shots. Now okay. that I'm thinking about it more, I think a bad sign is I actually haven't thought about it at all since I left the cinema. It's just kind of left my head. I was left with no kind all of, right. oh, I just kind of left and I was like, oh, there you go. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it and I'll, please I'll, do. I'll let you know what I thought. Uh, two things next time well, two whenever I've seen it generalizations about um, okay first generalization about Korean films mm -hmm. I think they do a really interesting thing where um, they mix humor like almost at times slapstick humor with like incredibly serious stuff all in the same film yeah. and I think it's cool that like mm -hmm. at one moment you have like like really goofy silly stuff and then you'll have like incredibly serious yeah. or incredibly gory stuff all wrapped up together and it's kind of like a genre bending mm -hmm. thing where you're like we're gonna do a little funny thing now mm -hmm. and now we're gonna do something extremely sad <laughs> and you're like fuck okay <laughs> kind of keeps you on your toes but then another thing i found watching like i've been watching a lot of japanese films and then like a few other films from that part of the world recently and uh it's interesting. Sometimes you're like, I've learned that if you're like, oh, I'm really confused. I don't know what's going on. Sometimes they confuse you for a little bit and then reveal later. They unconfuse you later on. Mm. Whereas I feel like in American films, it's usually pretty like there comes a stage where you're like, if you're confused, you're like, I'm going to have to pause this and read Wikipedia. Yeah. Because you're like, I should know what's going on. Whereas these movies sometimes like, I've no idea what's going on. But if you you learn in time to be like, but I will. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, like yeah, that yeah. a lot. It's I think nice. that's really cool. There were definitely bits in yeah. this where I was like, I'm totally confused now. Mm. And I was like, ah, oh, just yeah. wait. Wait and you shall learn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's uh, yeah. a fan of that. Kind Watch of cinema I, where, you, where you, you got to use your brain. Yeah. yeah. Or You're just have patience with the story and, yeah. and see where you go. See where it takes you. That's that's a nice uh, message to kind of uh, bring us to a close this week. Uh, have a bit of patience with um, have a bit of patience with life. Have a bit of patience with life. You yeah. know, it's a long road, and you never know where you're gonna go. That's true. I think Bilbo Baggins said that. Yeah. Um, you've uh, yeah. <laughs> Bilbo Sake. <laughs> well, we want to say thank you all to listening for listening to the show. Um, we are going to start doing interviews with people. We have. Uh, Whoa, hold on. Yeah. What the hell are you going to a movie with Michael Fry? What do you mean, go to a movie with Michael Fry? We, am I not allowed to go to movies without you? You're not going to let it go to premieres without me unless well, you, you get my permission. La last minute he messaged me. He said, hey, last minute. You went to see fucking Wakanda forever. Yeah. Michael Fry. At the coolest premiere. Fuck you. Why yeah. are you doing this? Because he invited And you did the Tony Cantwell thing the other He's day. He's my friend. Yeah, because I get invited <sighs> to things. Not allowed. I get invited to things. Um, well, I, that's not... It's part and parcel of the lifestyle I lead, I lead Mark. Man. I put anal and he's trying to get, he's trying to get to all premieres. these interviews going now. So I was like, why don't we interview fucking Michael Fry? Well, we why have, don't we interview to... We, we are, don't need those people. We do need, we do, we need them. <laughs> We're number one. Mark, they won't come on to the podcast if they hear you saying that. Good. <laughs> well, who do you want to interview then? I want to interview Connor Ryan from Ireland Yums. Okay, let's interview Connor <laughs> Ryan from Ireland Yums. <laughs> Guarantee we, we interview. I'd say it'd be a fucking great interview. Next week, we will be interviewing the wonderful Michael Fry. Um, and uh, and then the week after that, you want to interview Conor Ryan? Of Ireland Yums. 
<laughs> and so you have that to look forward to. Uh, like and subscribe. Leave a review. What else are we ask them to do? Uh, message us your reviews. That if you have yeah. a good review, send us an email. It's um, popcorn boys podcast with a Z at gmail.com. Okay, so popcornboyspodcast at gmail.com with a Z. There's a Z in it. Uh, and send us your reviews. And Wait, if the B is any at the end good, of the boys. It's not P O D C A Z T. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh, send us, if, if, if it's a good review, we'll read it out. If it's a shit review, we'll just politely ignore it. We'll delete it. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>